0: You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, friend. Today, I want to talk about something that I get a lot of questions about and something that I've talked a little bit about on social media, and that is my struggle with cystic acne. Cystic acne has not been the most fun, and it's not been the most friendly thing in the world to me, um, but today on this episode, I just want to share a little bit of the story um, behind when that started to come up and what that has looked like and how I've kind of gone about handling it and what I've done to help it. I get a ton of questions on, has it? Anything been helping you? um, What has worked? What hasn't worked? And to be honest, I'm not in this place where I'm like, yeah, it's completely conquered and I don't struggle with it anymore. And so for a little while, I was kind of putting off this episode because I thought, well, I need to completely solve the problem before I can talk about it. But then I realized maybe that's not true because maybe it'll be more helpful for you to feel like, okay, you're not in this alone and I'm still kind of uh, climbing this mountain with you if you have any... um, struggle with this kind of thing, but it also is just coming from a place of I'm I'm growing and I'm learning, but I have found a few things and I've tried a lot of different things um, that have helped me, but first I will share with you a little bit of the background and how, kind of how I got to you here. So it's interesting because when I was a teenager and when I was in middle school, I struggled with acne here and there. Like I'd get a little breakout or something, but I never had like massive, crazy acne. It was always just usually a reaction to wearing makeup to basketball practice because that's what you do when you're 13 and insecure, right? So um, anyways, it was more that kind of acne, but it wasn't this like deep um, swelling and (laughs) really um, painful stuff. It was just a little, you know, surface level breakout or two and then it would go away. And so what was really weird is when Shortly after we got married, I started to notice I was getting these deep breakouts, like really bad. And I would try to, you know, get them because I know every dermatologist is probably like cringing right now, but I was like, this is painful. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to relieve the pressure and it would hurt if I touched it or anything. And so then of course, I would create this horrible scarring and it usually wouldn't actually um, break the surface for a really long time. And so I just ended up bruising myself, <laughs> which was horrible. And then I had to cake on all this makeup because I had like a purple spot on my face or a couple purple spots on my face because I had tried to, You know, see if I could get rid of it. And all it did was, you know, when you squeeze your skin and it's not ready to break the surface, you're going to have problems. And so that started, probably, I would say maybe six months into marriage. Um, I don't know if that was due to stress of moving and transitions and being in different climates. I mean, we lived in Indiana and then we lived in Arizona and then we lived in Indiana again. And so I don't know if my skin was like, what's going on? (laughs) Um, My skin dried out a little bit when we lived in the desert, but I was really still like, well, maybe it's just, you know, makeup I'm using. So I would, you know, stop wearing makeup for a few days and it still didn't really seem to make any difference. And so I was like, well, whatever. Now, I've got all this stuff on my face, so I'm just going to cover it up because obviously that's not working so honestly just kind of lived with it for a while thought it's this weird you know stage I'm going through maybe it'll just go away and I really didn't want to have to do a whole lot of effort to get rid of it other than you know I washed my face every night and um I would put spot treatments on and all that kind of stuff And it went on for a couple more months, and I was like, well, maybe when we get back to Indiana, like, I'll go to my old dermatologist there and see if we can get it resolved. Well, then temporarily, it got a little bit better for a while, and— (laughs) This is a little off topic, but I'm going to share this part of the story anyways. Um, So then when we moved back, I had all my eyelash extensions taken off, which sounds random. But when we were in Arizona, I traveled a lot. And so I got those eyelash extensions because I thought that's going to be way easier than having to put mascara on every day, whatever. Well, I I wore them for like six months straight. And so I remember they started to itch my eyes and I just kind of started peeling them off Well, I looked in the mirror and like all my actual eyelashes had come off with them. (laughs) So here I am with these like welts on my face and no eyelashes and I felt super uncomfortable, super exposed, super insecure. I was like, what's going on with my face, you know? And my skin was dried out, but these huge cystic, you know, breakouts were happening and then on top of that I didn't have eyelashes. So that summer, I was I don't know why I took so long to go to the doctor, but I did because that summer I was like, oh my gosh. And so I started I found makeup that was super high coverage. And I would buy strip lashes because I was trying to grow my, grow my own lashes back. Like if I put mascara on them, I only had like two eyelashes. And so I couldn't really put mascara on. This was so. a super uncomfortable summer for me. And honestly, if you look back at photos from the summer of 2017— you will see that I pretty much had fake eyelashes on and a lot of makeup on every single day because I had scarring from where cystic acne had been as well as new breakouts and no eyelashes. So I was like constantly feeling like I had to compensate and I'm not against strip lashes. Like your girl will wear them if I got to do a video or a shoot or something like that. But I was like like every single day just to go to the store because I felt so exposed and awkward without them. Um, And so... That was kind of a summer where I was still just kind of brushing it under the rug. I thought, it'll get better. It'll get better. I was so busy with trying to keep up with work, and we had just moved to a new city or, you know, tried to settle down, and I think that was right around the time we got our puppy, and we just had a lot going on. Oh, that was another thing. I was writing my book um, during that season two, which is interesting, Um So I was just working on a lot of projects and trying to find my lane. I had run a little bit of a photography business the year prior to that. And so I was kind of closing up that and was trying to figure out like, what do I want to do with what I have and how do I do that well? And so it was just one of those big summers of a lot of growth and not really focusing on taking care of myself. And that pattern continued through the following year. I mean, for about an entire year, I just kind of let the acne do its thing because it would come up in flares. So like it'd get a little better for a while. And so I was like, okay, it must be okay. And then it would like flare up and I'd have six different breakouts on my face and it would just go on like this throughout the year. So finally i thought i i've got to do something about this and so I think towards the end of the spring or the early summer, um, I went to a dermatologist. I didn't have an established doctor in the city that we moved to. So because of that, I thought that was like some big thing I had to do because we had moved so much that I just hadn't established dental care. I hadn't established dermatology, all these different things. And when I was growing up or when I was in college, I would just go home and, you know, go back to my hometown and that's where I would do it. So the thought of like figuring out insurance and my own doctors after having moved all these different places kind of just stressed me out. And so I was like, I'll get to that when I get to it. And so I neglected it. And of course, then I finally waited like a year and a half until I finally did something about it. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't be like me. Um, so finally went to the dermatologist and just found some random i just looked up somebody with good reviews it's amazing it's not that hard i just had some mental roadblock with it anyways went and um one of the first things that they had said was well you have a lot of really deep um breakouts and they're coming from inside this isn't necessarily something that's just the cause of like putting makeup on makeup probably certainly isn't helping or certain kinds of makeup probably aren't helping but this isn't so much a surface level problem as it is an internal problem like it's coming it's it's systemic so that was eye-opening i was like oh oh, what does that mean? <laughs> um, since then, I've learned a lot about natural health and wellness and just all the things that go on inside our bodies. But at the time, I was like, cool. So what? Like, what does that mean? And so he kind of explained to me, how it could be bacterial. It could be due to different hormonal levels. He said it could be due to diet. It could be a combination of all things. Um, I know there's a lot of different research when it comes to stress, like how stress can affect acne. Oh, I don't attribute all of it to stress, but I will say I don't think that helped because stress often makes me eat things that I normally wouldn't eat. Like I'll eat a whole carton of cookies because (laughs) I'm stressed out and that sugar is known to cause inflammation and acne and stuff. And so, Anyways, when I had such a crazy travel schedule, when I was stressed out, like, I was just kind of putting whatever I could in my body, and I think that was beginning to show— especially if it was at all attributed to anything hormonal or whatever, any kind of chemical imbalance or going on in your body, inflammation, all that stuff can certainly cause that. At least that's what he told me. So he was like, we need to get this under control because it's systemic. And he's like, it doesn't matter how many times you wash your face. It's still going to happen because it's coming from inside. And I was like, doctor, fix me, <laughs> you know? So at the time he suggested getting on an antibiotic and I was like, well, like, Will it get rid of it. Like, will it go away? Because at this point I'm just super insecure about it. And he's like, yeah, it will definitely, you know, it's going to take a little while, but it'll definitely clear it up. Great. So I said, write me the prescription and that's what I did at first. And for the first like six to eight weeks, maybe even 12 weeks, honestly, that was kind of what I had been doing and kind of continued on that, but I wasn't really good about being consistent on it. I am not good at taking pills, (laughs) just really not. Um, It definitely helped, I would say, but I knew that wasn't a long-term solution. I was like, well, what's going to happen? Like, how do I create a more sustainable solution? Because when I get off this, like, I don't want to be on antibiotics my entire life. And alongside my antibiotics, I was taking probiotics because I had been talking with a nursing student or someone who's a nurse, I can't remember. And they basically explained to me, if you are taking an antibiotic, you want to supplement that with a probiotic because... I could probably have a health professional on here and explain this to you better, but the idea is you don't want to kill all the good bacteria in your gut either because an antibiotic just gets rid of bacteria, so the probiotic helps with that. Anyway, so I was taking these things as consistently as I could, definitely saw improvement, but I didn't feel like it was a super lasting solution, and around that time, over the last several months, I've really been trying to be more cognizant of what i've been putting in my body and i'm not one of those people who's like oh my gosh you can never take medicine that's that's the worst thing you could ever do but i also do believe that what we eat what we put on our bodies in our bodies all of that that does have an effect and that is really important and i think the more naturally we can do things the better and and i didn't think that at first i just thought hey if it works it works But the more that I have been learning about this and researching it and trying to figure out, like, how can I really steward my body rather than just trying to reach for a quick fix, Um, if there are other options, maybe I should try those as well. And so after some time of doing this antibiotic, um, not even that long ago, actually, I went to the dermatologist and he said, you know, it's working. It still seems like there's a little bit, you know, still it's not gone. You know, it's definitely improved, but it's not gone. And so then he said, Well, maybe we should put you on Accutane, which is basically like this drug that's super full of vitamin A or something. And I don't even really understand what Accutane is. But I was like, Okay, but that's just like another drug that I'm gonna have to be on. And then I think he said something like, Yeah, for six months. I'm like, okay, so that means a quarter of a year now. I've been on, you know, medication. Is there anything I can do naturally, you know, or are there some diet changes I can make? And stick to, which I really didn't want to have to do because I knew he's going to have to tell me to cut some things out, and that's super hard. (laughs) Um, But at this point, after this going on for about two years, I've been like, I'm up for the challenge because I don't want to be on drugs the rest of my life or for an extended amount of time, and I want to find a sustainable solution. I want to understand what's actually causing this rather than just going on with the habits I have and trying to get rid of it with, you know, a magic pill or something. major shout out to care of for sponsoring this episode care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door care of's fun online quiz asks you about your diet your health goals and your lifestyle choices and then only takes about five minutes to find out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need i took this quiz and i was shocked at how accurate and helpful it was Your vitamins get delivered right to your door in personalized, easy-to-remember daily packs, perfect for a busy, on-the-go lifestyle like mine. Another thing that I love about Care-of is that a portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. For 25% off your first month of personalized Care-of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code SHE. She. Again, if you want to try this out and you want to get 25% off, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code SHE and you will be set to go, my friend. He basically said, well... I would really suggest either cutting out or severely limiting sugar and dairy. And he started to explain to me how sugar is inflammatory, which I kind of knew, but I didn't really, for some reason, whenever I thought inflammatory, I thought like swollen ankle or something. I didn't really think like swelling when you're in your pores, but it makes sense. I mean, that's basically what a big cystic acne breakout is. It's an inflammation. And so he just suggested to me to cut out or really cut back on dairy, which I at first I thought I don't really eat much dairy, but then I was like, wait, yes, I do. I have lattes often. <laughs> and I don't like like almond milk lattes. I appreciate a good whole milk latte. Um, it just tastes better, I think. It's I think well, almond milk makes it taste a little watered down in my opinion. So I've always kind of avoided that. And so then with sugar, again, I was like, dude, I don't eat that much sugar. And then I <laughs> had to think about it, I'm like, wait a second, yeah, you do. You're the girl that'll eat a salad for dinner so that you can eat four cookies for dessert. I am like a you always deserve dessert kind of person. So I started to realize. Actually, I probably do. And then there's a lot of things that even if they're not outrightly dessert, that are still high in sugar, right? There's still a lot of foods that aren't necessarily like chocolate or something that have a lot of sugar in them which I needed to start taking inventory of. And so I started looking at, what do I eat on a daily basis? What kind of salad dressing am I putting on my salad? Is it something that's high in sugar? You know, and I started to evaluate these things a bit more and I was like, shoot, I must eat like 850 grams of sugar every day. <laughs> no wonder my face is hating me. And so then I was like, okay, well, instead of getting on this Accutane and taking all these other antibiotics and everything else, I'm going to try cutting out sugar and dairy for, you know, 30 days or so. And so... um, Before I had done that, I had tried to make some healthier diet changes so it wasn't as much and so my acne hasn't been as severe or wasn't as severe up until that point, but it still wasn't completely gone and I really still didn't know the cause of it. But when I started to look at my life, I thought, yeah, in these weeks that I get super stressed out, I reach for the cookies, I reach for, you know, a sugary drink, I, you know, whatever it is. And so, um, or I have 15 lattes in a week. (laughs) Okay, that's super basic of me and obnoxious. But my point is, there were some things that I didn't even really realize I was doing that might be causing this. And so actually being more self-aware is what's been really helpful for me. And that's not a discipline I wanted to do because I was so busy with so many other things that I thought that's time-consuming, that's exhausting, I don't want to track everything. Like, I didn't want it to be complicated, you know? So that's, I think, why I kind of put it off for so long and just hoped it would resolve itself. But once he suggested to me... um, diet change and really cutting the sugar and the dairy out and just starting with that and seeing if I see improvement without having, you know, an antibiotic or anything. And I did, I was like, oh, and I've only been doing this for a little while now. I mean, I've only been doing the sugar dairy thing for a short time. And I'm already seeing that I have less flare-ups than usual, which has been really great. Um, which also really is hard because it's December. It's been like over the holidays that I've been doing this whole resolution. So this isn't my New New Year's resolution. (laughs) It's something that I'm doing before Christmas and before Thanksgiving and all this time that it's like so easy to do all this sugar. But in some ways, I'm actually kind of glad because I think there's something about that that's challenging me and that has been really helpful for me because... It can be kind of easy to hop on the bandwagon. I mean, it's never easy to create new habits. But when it's a thing that literally the entire world is doing, when everyone's tackling their New Year's resolutions the first three weeks of January, it's like, why do we wait to New Year's to reset is kind of how I look at it. Like, because then, you know, if you just have this one big, like, okay, I'm just going to do all this starting on this day. It can be easy to kind of overcommit and then underdeliver as life gets busy again. And so I'm almost like, if I want to create a lifestyle change, that shouldn't be based on a cultural date that everyone else does that. And in fact, it can even be when it's a little bit harder when the rest of the world's like, no, eat all you want and do this and do that. I'm not against having some desserts and you better believe I'm going to on Christmas, but I'm trying to make sure that I'm cutting back on those things. Like I go to a lot of different events with my friends and just recently I went to something That was an event in our hometown, and there was literally a table of cookies basically just calling my name, okay? And I don't know, but I was like, I have to resist this. I have to resist this. If I can prove to myself, if I could—and I don't want to encourage you to have to feel like you have to prove something, but to be honest, for me, I had never—I used to never be able to walk by a cookie table, ever. Okay? And so I was like I have got to get through this without reaching for just one of those because if I can do that that means I can do this. Like I that means that I'm committed to seeing real change happen and really taking care of my body even when my taste buds want, you know, that quick hit of satisfaction. And so I managed to leave that place without grabbing a cookie and I felt like that was a huge victory for me. That was like okay, We're doing this, you know? The reason I share that is because my humanness, I guess, wants to say, well, wait till after the holidays. But what I think we do is we make the holidays like anything goes kind of pass. And I'm not saying be like a a machine or anything, but I'm just saying, or, you know, don't be legalistic about it. But we kind of make it like, okay, well, we can eat whatever. And then we say we have these big resolutions in January. But what's interesting is like we dig ourselves into a hole, right? We take 15 steps backwards in December. And then we decide, okay, on January 1, we're going to hit reset, but we're really just like getting ourselves back to where we started before December. At least that's been my story many, many different years. And so this year I thought instead of, you know, eating myself into a hole and making a, you know, eating tons of sugar and probably making my acne worse <laughs> um, all throughout December and then trying to hit reset and kind of climb out of that hole in January, I'm going to get a jump start in this and I'm going to create this lifestyle change through a difficult season. Because if I can do it through a season where it'd be even more acceptable to eat all the sugar in the world, then it's something that I'm going to be able to make more sustainable in other seasons of life, not just the first week of January. So that's kind of why I'm struggling, but also really grateful for the fact that this came up before the holiday season. And I was suggested to make these diet changes by a doctor who understood that I wanted to try to do this more naturally. And it's been helping me see. I mean, he told me right away, he goes, I'm pretty positive the problem for you is sugar. Like that seems it's sometimes different per person. I mean, sugar is always inflammatory, he started to tell me. But he said, I'm pretty sure that's probably what's happening. could be a little hormonal. And he explained to me how certain parts of the face will break out based off of hormones and different times of the month and things like that. So he said to watch for that. But I'm really learning to be more self-aware when it comes to this thing and be willing to make those diet changes and see that slow change rather than just trying to take something to get rid of it really fast and not doing the hard work and the discipline to change something in my lifestyle or some of my choices um, and what I'm putting in my body and why. In addition to what I'm putting in my body and learning how to uh, pinpoint how that might be affecting my skin and health that way. Another thing that has been helpful is changing what I am putting on my skin. For example, I shared how that summer where I had like no eyelashes and I was breaking out a lot, I just wanted high coverage makeup. I didn't care if it was made with toxic ingredients. I honestly didn't really care anything about it so long as it covered up all these spots. But Obviously, it can still clog your pores, even if that's not the root cause of your acne. So over time, using that kind of high coverage, intense makeup, I'm pretty sure it was like stage makeup, maybe not to that extreme, but (laughs) it was definitely high coverage. It was made for if you're gonna be like on camera or something. And so because of that, that also caused some other breakouts and some, you know, um, I had a lot of like blackheads and things like that, which is kind of probably gross and TMI, but you need to know. So that didn't make it any better. It actually kind of made it worse. And so I talked to my dermatologist about that as well. And he said, well, the first thing you need to know is you need to have non-comedogenic makeup. And I was like, what is non-comedogenic what? You know? (laughs) And he said, he wrote it down, non-comedogenic. And I said, what does that mean? That's a really big word, like speak English, please. And he said, non-comedogenic means it's non-poor clogging. And I said, how the heck do you find that? You know, I didn't even know that was a thing. So I have learned a lot in the last year of my life. But he explained to me what it was and then told me some different brands to try. And so I went to Ulta and asked the woman that was working there, do you guys have, and I showed her the post-it note, because I was like, I don't know how to say this. And she said, Clinique has a line that's non-comedogenic and that's acne-fighting. And I was like, what? They have acne-fighting makeup? This is like revolutionary. I always just bought like L'Oreal at Walgreens. Okay, this is amazing. So anyways, um, she took me over to the acne section of, or the acne line, I guess, that Clinique has. And they actually have non-comedogenic. This isn't an ad. Like, I'm not being paid to say this. This is just genuinely um, what I discovered. And so they have a non-comedogenic makeup makeup. That's what their whole line is. It's meant to be non-pore clogging, but it's still pretty decent coverage. And then they also have something that's actually acne-fighting. It has, like, acne-fighting material in it, I guess. I don't know exactly. I think it's, like, the... Like the cleanser stuff, it's actually in the makeup. So it helps prevent any further breakouts when you wear it. So in that season, I was like, yes, absolutely. That's perfect. (laughs) Probably a lot better than like the TV makeup I'm wearing. So tried that. That actually really did help. Um, And I actually still use that pretty consistently. A lot of people ask me, what makeup do you use? Because they'll see the actual like raw photos of where I still have some scarring from a lot of the breakouts that I had. It's much better now. It's definitely improving, but it's definitely not resolved completely. And so when I don't have any kind of coverage on, you can clearly see my scars. And then when I do, it's still really good coverage and people are like, oh my gosh, what's your makeup? So that's what I had been using um, and actually still use pretty consistently. I know there are some other natural, non-toxic brands out there. I'm pretty sure Young Living has a makeup line that is completely non-toxic, has you know all natural ingredients. And so that's some stuff that I'm gonna be looking into as well. The more that I'm learning about really making clean choices on what you put in your body what you put on your skin, what you use, the products you use, all of that. So that's kind of been a process that I have been going through in my life. Um, But this is just kind of where I'm at right now. And I've seen significant improvement from making that makeup change. I've already seen big differences from really limiting sugar and dairy intake. And so for me, that's really been helpful. Um, The antibiotics certainly helped, but it certainly didn't resolve it either. And I'm personally just not someone who wants to be on medicine all the time. So that's kind of what I have done and I'm still doing <laughs> to really tackle this. But, you know, I, I don't have this perfect answer. I'm not a dermatologist. Eventually, I want to bring a dermatologist on the show to give even more of the scientific reasons for all of this stuff and maybe even offer you some more solutions if you've struggled with this kind of thing. But, you know, regardless of whether or not you struggle with cystic acne and, you know, I hope that this gives you a little bit of, you know, maybe insight or um, helps you feel less alone. But the biggest thing is, I really want you to realize that no matter who it is that you um, see, whether that's a friend or someone that you follow online, or someone's podcast that you listen to or anything, all of us are going through different things and experiencing different challenges in our lives. I think it can be so easy to see someone's life and forget, you know what, beneath that layer of makeup, they've got some scars or beneath that big happy grin you see on Instagram, they've got some scars inside, right? They might be experiencing heartbreak or anxiety or something that's unseen. And so I always wanna encourage anyone who's listened to anything that I do or followed anything that I do, first of all, thank you um, for your support and the willingness to do that. But second of all, you know, I really want to remind you that we all have scars. I have had these scars for a couple years now, and they're definitely improving, but they're not completely gone. But the thing is, yes, they're there, but I've had to realize they're not a part of me. Like, they're not who I am, right? So they might be part of my life. They might be something that I'm, you know, tackling and <laughs> learning how to treat and resolve and um, move through. But I think the deep insecurity that came when I had all these breakouts and lost my eyelashes (laughs) and some of the scarring that can take place, it's like, I don't love showing that, you know, it's kind of like my insecurity, my flaw. But the thing about it that I've had to realize was I think a lot of the insecurity and the reason I felt like I needed a cake on makeup and everything wasn't just because I didn't like how that looked, but it was also because I was still kind of insecure in who I was You know, I don't know if we ever just become like, oh, we just never struggle with insecurity. But the more that I've been willing to just open up about that, the less you cover something up, the less scary it is. Like when I started saying, okay, I'm just going to go to the store without makeup on. and, And if someone judges me, I'll probably never see them again. And then I would go to the store without makeup on. And then I'd run into a reader and she's like, oh, hey, like I follow your blog. Can I take a picture with you? And I was like great timing, girlfriend. (laughs) But the more that that happened, I honestly think that was just like by God's grace because it kind of helped me face my giants in some ways. Like that was something that I really struggled with. And then I would turn around and tell everyone else that they're beautiful, but I didn't really believe it for myself. And how often do we do that, right? And so the more that I was like, well, I don't want to embrace this to the degree that I'm just embracing it and not doing anything about it because I think that's dangerous. I think if we're like, oh yeah, I love my acne. It's great. Like, (laughs) I don't think that's super healthy either because we' we can kind of become like I did where I just didn't do anything about it and I thought it'll get better, it'll get better. And while I certainly want to encourage you that you are beautiful and that we are beautiful regardless, there's an element of like responsibility with it, right? You don't want to get so comfortable in whatever it might be that's actually unhealthy that you don't actually take action to resolve it or learn more about it or research on it or take some steps to heal it, right? Like an acne breakout is a wound technically. It's like an internal wound. So ignoring it is actually only hurting me And if I'm just saying I'm embracing it but actually ignoring the root issue, right, it's a systemic issue just like any other insecurity, I think. Like if there's something going on on our skin or with our hair or with our eyelashes or something else – A lot of the time, the insecurity that can come might mask itself as, oh, it's just that. But just like cystic acne is caused by a systemic issue, I think a lot of our insecurities are caused by a systemic issue as well, not knowing who we really are, whose we really are, where our confidence really ought to lie, and we miss that. And so then we begin to compensate by covering up and doing all this stuff. And so... I don't know. My, I guess I just want to share with you that my encouragement is to take the steps toward healing whatever kind of scars you have. You know, if you've got acne scars or internal scars or anything, don't ignore those, but also don't look at yourself as less lovable when you have them, because I think that's what we can do. And then we begin to hide from the world. We begin to isolate ourselves. We begin to put this facade up. We begin to, you know, really live into image maintenance. And that actually doesn't help us and it doesn't help anybody else, right? If all we're doing is covering it up, it's not really solving the issue. So, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if you struggle with cystic acne or anything similar, but the reality is you're not alone. (laughs) You're not alone at all. And, don't be like me. Don't be like me where you want to avoid hearing the answer or having to do the hard work, which is really challenging and it takes time. But I want you to think about like, what might I be putting in my body or in my life or filling my time with that seems harmless, but that actually might have a a greater effect on my overall well-being, whether that's acne or some other, you know, health-related or personal relationship damage. I mean, it can cause damage to some of our most important and tender things, whether it's our skin or our significant relationships. And so I just want to look at your life and think, how might some of the things that I'm doing be causing that damage? And then how might I be covering up the effect of that damage because I'm insecure about it instead of just getting to the root of it and saying, okay, hold on, this is systemic. It's okay for me to go to the doctor or to a counselor or to a mentor and get help and find out what the issue is and try some different resolutions solutions. And if you are struggling with something like cystic acne, I really want to encourage you to try to take the steps and take the time to really be self-aware and find out what is the root cause of this? Because that's something I avoided for a long time. I was like, yep, give me the pill. Like, I don't want to even go to the dermatologist, but when I did, I was like, yep, give me the pills, whatever. I got a life to live. you know." And I didn't want to do the hard work, but I really encourage you to get to the root of what that is and to really tackle it head on, even if it takes a little bit more time. I promise that's what creates positive, lasting change in our lives. If you liked today's episode, would you consider leaving a review in the podcast app or wherever you listen? If this show has helped you grow into the she you are made to be at all, taking 0.3 seconds to leave a review would mean the world. This helps the show grow so I can keep researching, creating, and providing new content to help you make your life better every single week. If you leave a review, be sure to share a screenshot of it on your Instagram story and tag me so that I can personally thank you. Thanks so much, sister Friend. You are the best. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.